Hey everyone, welcome to Recovering You. This is a podcast that will take you through a step-by-step guide of what you can expect when you enter into a world of recovery from addictive and compulsive behaviors. You are here to learn how to change, and we are here to give you the tools to get there. And here we go. Here we are on another episode of Recovering You. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in again. Thank you for your support, your liking, your sharing. And I am, as always, your host, Cameron Harrison. And I'm actually joined by a special guest host, a good friend of mine, a guy I've known for a few years, and who's just a total rock star. Uh, his name is Chase. I'm going to let him say hi. What's up, Chase? Hey, guys. Glad you're listening and glad to be on the pod and talk about some powerful tools. Heck yeah. We are missing Chris this week. He had a family event going on. And since this train don't slow down for nobody, we're going to keep going. And yeah, yeah. Just pass him on by this week. But we'll wave as we pass to Chris. I'm sure if he listens to this right now, he's chuckling or rolling his eyes or throwing some witty comeback at me. So, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So today we got, we got a really, actually two really cool tools we want to talk about today. And we, I actually hand selected this because of your experience chase you you have been working really hard on um a couple aspects of your life that have really helped you overcome some big hurdles and i'm i'm super excited to be able to dive into that here in just a little bit just about what you've been able to accomplish and how far you've come and we're actually i'm i'm also really glad to have you on here because you are coming from a different world than than me, which is the world of single, not yet married. And yeah. I, the, the group that I now run, cause I, I actually transfer groups to an in-person group here in Phoenix, which I'm, I'm stoked about. And, and the guys that showed up um, a couple of the guys, they're not, they're not married. And so their biggest difficulty that they were talking about is just how hard it is to date. And the fact that, you know, on the weekends and stuff, they, they're just super bored and they don't have anything going on. And so they don't really feel like doing anything. And that, that leads to a lot of temptation, a lot of compulsion to go back to that addiction that they fought so hard to, to go against. And so I, I don't know, maybe, maybe give us a little insight. What, what is the dating world like in today's world? Cause I know when it was, when it was me, you know, weekends were four dates and we didn't have social media. We weren't constantly on Instagram and we weren't putting filters on our pictures and none of that existed. I, I mean, it sounds like I'm back from the stone age, but <laughs> this is, this is in 2007 to, to 2010 guys. Like it wasn't that yeah. long ago. Yeah, no, I mean, I've been dating since then as well. I think we might be a similar age. So I've been through kind of recovery as a young single adult. Uh, all the way from 18 to 30. And now in my 30s, recovery is like, you know, a mid-single adult, I guess you could say. And I mean, it's it's hard. It's it's really hard. Just in general, without recovery, dating is super hard. Um, and no matter where you're at, I've lived in the middle of the country with small, you know, little singles wards um, or with less, very little singles around. But then also I've now lived in Utah where there's, you know, a plethora of, of singles with my same value system. Hey, um, 
a plethora <laughs> yes and sometimes it's too many it's like can't people can't make choices i can't make choices but right now i'm dating a wonderful girl girl who's who's awesome and um glad that i found her and she's a mental health therapist so that's super cool oh um, dude that free sessions what's up <laughs> yeah no i've got a great therapist uh already but i mean i'm i i love kind of that side of things and therapy has really helped me so um it's cool to talk about that with her i was gonna but, say that 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 probably leads to some really awesome like in-depth discussions where you can talk about these tools and these like mental discoveries and she's like yeah i get it like and she has these other things to offer dude, mm -hmm. dude that just sounds like an exciting type of relationship so congratulations on that man yeah yeah it's awesome and you know dating for me like with in recovery, like just normal dating, like I said, super hard. Uh, dating apps are are a big thing, but they can be very, like they can. I we actually met through a dating app. We met through Hinge, um, and they can be really helpful, right? And help you meet people that have your same values and that you know have similar interests, and you can help you meet people, you know, that you otherwise wouldn't meet. But they can also be very triggering for folks in recovery. And so like I had to limit my time on them and be accountable to my roommates. And like sometimes they would lead to to struggles and to battles. Um, and so it's it's hard. It, they're kind of like almost necessary. But it, it's also really hard. Um, but meeting people in person is is getting much easier now that like COVID is kind of um, going away. And so yeah, there was yeah. like a year, year or so where it was hard to meet in person. But um, and then dating and recovery i mean all the girls that i've dated i've been open with with it about um and that's probably because my journey's been so long and i've done so many things before coming into men of moroni to work on recovery and being open like when they're with the appropriate time and being open about this is where i'm at this is what i'm working on it builds a lot of trust like i've never had any bad uh reactions from I, that i was i was actually just about to ask how many of those when you said hey look um I, I struggle with this addiction and this is what I'm doing to try and recover from it. Um, I, I go to these groups. I talk to this therapist. How many of them are just like, uh, you gross. I'm going to go now. You terrify me because you're obviously a terrible sinner and you're going to hell. You know, I, yeah. have, have you ever, you've never come across someone that's like that? <laughs> no, no, definitely not. I well, mean, maybe, maybe they struggle with them themselves in the past or they've dated guys who struggle with it or they just know that like it's out there and prevalent as long as you're like working on it for at least all the girls I've dated. I mean, yeah. there may be others, but as long as I've been working on it and shown what I'm doing to 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 improve, like, yeah, the response has been positive. Well, and, and what I think is so powerful about that is it goes to show that honesty and vulnerability really do go a long way in relationships. It's not so much the fact that you have demons. It's the fact that you're willing to, to fight those demons and you, you don't just give in to them because that's, yeah. that's what, that's what shows weakness. And that's what is a, a big turnoff, not, not just for people that you date, but for the friends around you, for the family around you, if you're someone that constantly gives into your compulsions and your demons, it, it really shows a, a weaker character and it makes it so there isn't that light around you that really kind of has people gravitate toward you. Whereas if you're a person that's like, Hey, look, I'm going to be open and honest. I struggle with this. 
And I, I would love your support. I'm going to keep fighting. I'm doing all the, you know, I'm doing A through Z to try and get through this. People are going to rally around you and they're, they're going to be like, dude, we're on your team. Like, this is amazing. I love the fact that you are demonstrating this type of character that is willing to stand up for your beliefs and your values. So you're good for you, yeah. man. I, I, I think that's an amazing example that every, every one of our listeners that is in that dating world, not saying you need to go out right now and say, I just want the world to know I yeah, am an yeah. addict. <laughs> You've got to do it at the appropriate time. Right. Like, yeah. Right. Fill it out. Um, con consult with God, consult with someone you trust. Like, when should I tell this person or talk to this person about it? Um, and even your friends. But uh, I would add one one kind of caveat is for me, like the response has always been positive, but it's not just like, oh, awesome. I'm never going to worry about that in our dating relationship, you yeah. know, <laughs> like and oh, cool. You're, you're definitely got that taken care of. And I don't want to like give that you know, thing that I'm in recovery, I've got this taken care of, it's never going to be an issue, you know, be open that this is going to be something that I'm likely going to battle over the rest of my life. And, you know, the girls that I've dated have had to like, mold that over, you know, and think about that. And, yeah. it, you know, it wasn't like it was just like, it was positive, right reaction, but also like, still something that they had to work through, uh, or have to work through, you know, in in like deciding if this relationship was right for them, but, but, uh, but that in way the they end, don't think they're, they don't think they're marrying Jekyll and end up, uh, finding out that they're married to Hyde. Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I love that. Thank you for, for breaking that down. That's awesome. Um, when I, when I was talking about the, that weekend complex of, I don't have anything to do or, you know, and, and there's a lot of anxiety and there can be a lot of depression. There can be a lot of just a lot of emotions that go around, not, not just the dating world, but, you know, trying to be a, a worthy husband and father, like in, in my situation, you know, I, I have kind of developed this and, and it can cause problems at times, but I have to always be going. I have to always be doing something to, to sit down and do nothing only ever leads me to start spiraling emotionally. So I'm always doing laundry or vacuuming or doing the dishes or sweeping. And to the point where my wife will be like, will you just sit down? And I actually kind of get upset. I'm like, no, <laughs> like, I, yeah. there's too much to do. And I, and I, I have like these anxiety attacks just about the mess in my house and what my, what my kids' rooms looks like. And so I, I just constantly have to be doing something. And that I believe is a product of this tool that we're going to talk about today, which is um, blasting. So yeah, uh, blast stands for bored, lazy or lonely, angry or anxious. Uh, S is for stressed out uh, or sad or scared. And then T is for tired. Now, now this tired is I actually was speaking to, uh, to a family member of mine and she was just, she was crying on the phone and just struggling so hard. And she was just like, I'm so tired. I'm physically tired. I'm tired of the relationships. I'm tired of the stress. I'm tired of feeling beaten down. I'm tired of feeling worthless. That, that word tired was just an overwhelming sense of things. So it's not just, Hey, I need a nap. Tired is you've you've been pushing your engine pedal to the metal for so long that the engine is just crapping out and and it needs to yeah. be replaced so we're, we're gonna we're gonna go through these um and maybe maybe a few solutions and how to combat them and um really just break down this tool for a little bit do you have any thoughts on the blast tool at all though 
Yeah, I mean, traditionally, it's just bored, lonely, angry, sad, tired. But I love these expanded kind of definitions. Um, and especially what you're talking about, the tired piece, like I include being sick or injured or just like physical other things besides just being exhausted from life. Um, just something bad, you know, happened to you or whatever. But when you were talking about, you know, being, having to be busy all the time, I, I realized that the only time where I would lose a battle that wasn't in the evening, like late at night when I was tired was when I was bored or, or like lonely, um, just, and being idle. Right. And so, and that maybe I would lose during the day on a Saturday or something like that. So it's, I got nothing to do. I might as well relapse. Yeah. Or, or you just kind of spiral into that because you, you're getting your head, you know? So how do we combat boredom? Like, like what, what do we do? What, what would you say? What's, what's, I guess, what's your best defense against boredom? Cause I, I know what mine is and what I had to develop mine into mine was, it was all about future planning. If I knew that I was going to have a weekend where my wife was at her parents and I was going to be alone. Okay. That means I need to actually plan out to get out of the house early to work out. I have to make sure that I, you know, look around the house and say, I'm, I'm going to be cleaning these things. And then I need to make plans with friends. And if those friends cancel have backup plans. And there, there was a lot of planning into making sure I didn't fall into this, this boredom or laziness routine. So the, those Definitely. first two are all about just idleness. So yeah, mine, mine was all future planning. I don't know what, what you would do to combat that though. Yeah. Future planning for me is super important as well, but what am I going to do on Friday night? If I don't have a date, that's fine. I can, but I got to plan something with a friend, right? I've got to reach out to someone and be like, Hey, do you want to do this on Friday night? Or what are you up to this weekend? You know, can I join you? Sometimes yeah. it's appropriate, you know, just like I was gonna say, you, and and that's okay. Like you can say, yeah. I I'd love to join you if you're cool with that. I'm, and exp- again, this is a whole vulnerability thing. Explain, look, I'm alone this weekend. Um, I'm just kind of future planning because I know I'm gonna get hit with temptation. If I could join you, that would be solid. And yeah, and also like another thing is like looking for events in your community. Just like going on Facebook and finding like what events are going on uh, like that are obviously, stuff. yeah, meetups like or just like fun things. Like there's a lot of random fun events going on you can find on Facebook or just you know groups if you're part of like a religious community or whatever. Check to get updates about that. Like, are they saying, "Hey, I'm doing something this weekend. You want to join?" Um, so that and then yeah, future planning Friday night, future planning Saturday. You know, for me it's like pickleball, it's skiing. Or I sometimes do things by myself, but it, I can have future plans, but they've got to be something that, that rejuvenates me and yeah. I do by myself. Right. And, so and I got to like going to a movie by yourself and sitting alone in the dark theater. Actually. Yes. <laughs> I love going to movies by myself. Like <laughs> I, I have, I have come to love that too. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, and it has to be at the appropriate time. It's not that I'm going out of like sadness. It's I'm going out of like, I want to, I'm going to rejuvenate myself. I want to be chill. Like, and, and, you know, find something that's maybe going to uplift me or just interest me. And like, if I can't find a friend to go, sometimes I will, but that's very, that's not super often. Um, But also not just like planning a week in advance, but planning the night before as well. Um, Always like updating. Okay. This is what I'm going to do. 
and that's having something to look forward to but then also like real future planning like planning events like vacations that i look forward to that provides a little bit more motivation and then something to work towards as well like longer term than just like planning a week in advance but then sometimes you find yourself like you just find yourself in a position of boredom right you may have yeah. planned or maybe you just didn't plan like what do you do when you find yourself in a position of boredom to get out of that that's that's a really good question Let, let's go to our listeners <laughs> anything <laughs> <laughs> oh wait we're not live I, we're not live i'm, I'm sorry um, i'm sure i'm sure they have great ideas yeah i mean i've got some ideas i want to hear from you though like you know what, what happens when what you I get there get out of a state of boredom yeah i i love going running and not mm. not just like not just running to go run i i actually run to meditate i do i do meditation running and so i, I find um I, I get on the uh oh what's it called um headspace headspace yeah, actually yeah. teams up with nike and they do um meditative coaching while you run and i like oh, it wow. is just such a cleansing and amazing experience and it centers you on what's going on in your body. We're going to talk about this a little bit more later too, but just to, uh, it'll walk you through like, focus on how your feet feel on the pavement, focus on the air going into your lungs. How are your arms positioned? What's your posture like, you know, and by, by breaking all that down, it forces all that other stuff that's going on around you to evacuate and you get to internally kind of do a, a self a self check or a body scan which that that'll come later so that's that's one of my biggest things of uh, getting rid of the boredom is doing something to improve my body or my surroundings so yeah yeah i would say also like doing something that's healthy that you love like i love chipotle like if i'm <laughs> if i'm bored that'll make me happy to go to chipotle you know <laughs> like like something that's healthy that you love or sometimes like you just need a friend so like, sometimes just being like calling a few friends and be like dude i'm not doing well can can we hang out for like a couple hours or can i just come over and help you clean your house or do whatever yeah. you're doing you yeah. know yeah so let, let's jump into uh that that anxiety role that i mean because anxiety is really uncertainty or the inability to control something right that that's why we feel anxious because we don't feel like we can control a certain situation. I was listening to um, a podcast called The Mindset Mentor, and um, he, he does use a little, prof little bit of profanity uh, for fair warning for any of you that might want to look it up and, and check it out. And I'm not promoting for him, uh, but he makes some amazing points. And, you know, when he talks about anxiety, he just breaks down the fact of like, okay, are you safe and what can you control? If you ask yourself those two questions, you know, it's like, okay, are you safe in this moment right now? Are you safe? It's not like overall, but are you in a safe place? Well, yeah, my life's not in immediate danger. Okay, great. You are safe. You're, you're in a place that you're safe. Cool. If not, you need to get to a place of safety. And then the second question was, uh, what can you control or can you control what you're stressing out about? Whether it's the economy, whether it's COVID-19, whether it's the war in Ukraine, you know, like there's all these things that people are having a ton of anxiety about, but it's like, what can you do to control it? Well, I, I can't really change anything exactly. So just go back to repeating, yes, I'm safe. No, I can't control it. I can control myself. I can control my bubble around me, 
or uh, what's going on with my friend or something like that like right yeah or or just like random things like that are more personal or more close to home like, i actually wrote that down because uh, yeah i've noticed anxiety has become a struggle for me and i'm like way more reactive to things like just like small little things that go wrong and i just like like i can feel like my heart race or just like something change and i that's really powerful like ask myself am i safe yes i'm safe i don't need to react like this well and, you know? and that that feeling of anxiety is a midbrain response so for you to verbally say out loud <clears throat> This is another thing he talks about in that episode is if you were to say to yourself over and over and over, I am safe, I am safe, I am safe. You are actually changing the chemistry of your brain to slow that trickle of chemicals that is igniting that fight or flight, that, that like jittery feeling of like, oh my gosh, I'm freaking out. You, you're Definitely. forcing yourself to, you're lowering your heart rate, you're allowing yourself to breathe and you're able to calm down and recognize the the space around you because it can really yeah. be it can be like standing in a black room or in a, in a cave if you've ever been in a cave and they they turn off all the flashlights and you can't see even the hand an inch in front of your face anxiety can feel like that that you're like i am completely unaware of my surroundings and i'm in full-on panic mode oh yeah that happens to me Pretty much every time I turn off my lights, go to bed. <laughs> like, Are you one of you know, I need rush from the light switch to the bed. To, to, to <laughs> no, but I need a nightlight, and I just say like Google. My my Google Home has a little light on it, so I, when I want to see what's going on around me in my room, I just like, hey Google, and that's like my nightlight. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But it works. I, I was I was gonna say like you talking about affirmations. You you were talking about Headspace, another cool app um, that you can record affirmations or it will say affirmations to you. It's called self-pause. Um, and I actually know uh, one of the founders of it and it's really cool. Um, and so it's like, if you don't want to like say affirmations to yourself over and over, like you can listen to affirmations that you recorded or that someone else has recorded. Awesome. That's pretty cool. Self-pause. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. The, the other part of A is angry. So when, when we talk about anger, um, we, we did an episode on emotions in season one and anger was actually one of the biggest ones we focused on. So if you haven't listened to that, definitely go, go back and check that out just so we don't have to like fully break this down again. But just remember that all emotions are the body's natural response to deal with the situation that you're in. Anger is a protective instinct. It's not a negative emotion. We don't talk about negative emotions. It is an emotion that is trying to help you out in the situation that you're in. If, if someone aggressively approaches one of my kids, I'm going to be angry. I haven't done anything wrong. I'm going to be angry because that is my protective instinct to watch over and take care of my kids. So when, when you feel like you're angry, instead of beating yourself up, take a second to look at that emotion and say, okay, why am I angry? What am I angry about? You know, what, what's the situation that I'm in that I need to protect myself from? Because that's where the root of the cause is. It's not your emotion. It's what situation you've gotten yourself into. And when you remove yourself from that, it's not too surprising that anger will dissipate. Yeah. And I would say having like a flagpole right when you get angry, like as well as good, it could be a mental flagpole. Like I, like when I get angry, sometimes I'm like, okay, I can't trust myself. I'm going to follow this process there to have to to either calm myself down or not make big decisions, right? That's one of the pieces. When you're angry, agitated, just 
like have a process you know that you follow absolutely i love that we we just did an episode on flagpole a couple episodes ago as well so (laughs) check that one out too i'm just going to keep referencing back to our (laughs) other episodes guys Um, so much good stuff let's uh real quick blaze through uh sad scared or stressed um again these are all just these are all emotions that we go through um what are you stressed about what are you sad about what are you scared of and approaching each one as its own box. Um, if you've ever, I don't know if you've ever heard of Mark Gunger. Um, mm-hmm. So he did these seminars and it was all based off the tale of two brains and talked about men's brains and women's brains. And when he talked about men's brains. Oh say, yeah, I know. Men, this one men's now. brains <laughs> have boxes and women's brains are a big ball of wire that everything is connected. But by, by understanding that you, your brain and even has these boxes that you can sort through if you are able to, to take that one emotion, your stressed box, and look into it, what is in that box that, that has you stressed? What can you take out of the box? And, you know, like, are you going to give it away at the garage sale? Or are you going to throw it in the trash? Do you need it anymore? Do you need to be stressed about this thing? And if so, just focusing on how to take care of that one thing, it's prioritizing because the biggest anxiety, stress, panic attacks, future tripping, all that comes from a compilation of all those negative things that really just, I mean, like a wave flood over you and you feel like you're drowning in them. But a drop in the bucket is manageable. A tidal wave over your head is not. And so we need to approach each of these emotions and what's going on in our life as one drop at a time. And all of a sudden life can become more manageable. It's as soon as you start looking at a few days from now, two weeks from now, a few months from now, that you are adding more and more to that bucket that it's going to overflow and you can't handle it. Yeah, you know, I definitely agree with that. On the on the S, like sad definitely stood out to me. I mean, scared is a lot like being anxious, and and you kind of touched on your or you 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 talked about stress a good amount. Yeah. For me, like sad is is good, but if it leads to depression, right? That's that's really tough. Or if it leads, or if it's because of trauma, and 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 you you don't work through that trauma properly, it can lead to depression, and that you know, happened for me, um, starting in end of 2019, just with a lot of crazy, like four or five different crazy things that all happened at once that led to me being really sad. But then I didn't, I didn't know how to deal with that trauma. Um, and it led to, you know, two years of, of pretty dark depression. Um, and so like, if, if you're feeling sad, and if it's not something that's kind of fleeting, um, it might be good to get some trauma therapy. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Well, and, and I love, I love that you brought that up. We, we talk all the time on this podcast about how shame is not, it's not welcome. And so going and seeing a therapist, um, modern medicine is an amazing thing. And there's no shame in needing to take medicine or to talk to a therapist or to need to have an accountability partner or to, or even in admitting what you've done wrong. There's no shame in that. There's actually only strength in those things. I think that's really amazing that you're willing to just come out and say, you know, like I got into some really bad depression. And yeah. And I would add that I remember I was watching a video. um, It was by some clinical professional and she said that most addictions are rooted in, you know, some mental health issue. And that resonated for me. I didn't know what mental health issue I had. Um, but as I've been able to like little by little work through just improving my mental health, like it's just, I guess, 
I don't know. It's my, my recovery has been not held back and it's kind of taken off and, and, you know, and been accelerated uh, and just so much easier when, you know, you address those, those root issues, you know. I love that. It, it made me think of like, when, when you finally understand what's going on, it's like, you've been trying to paint a wall with a pencil and someone finally comes in and says, you need to be using a roller for that. And you're like, oh, I get it. I've yeah. been doing, okay. Yeah, this is so much easier. It finally clicks and makes sense. So yeah, I, the very last one, we talked a little bit about it at the start is just, it's just being tired. And, and I, I talked about my family member that was struggling with this, but I, I want to talk, just touch on, and this could be a whole episode in itself, but the, the cure for being tired is is time and self-care. When, when you're that tired, it's because all you have done is tended to other people's gardens. You've watered their gardens, you've pulled their weeds for them, and you've got nothing in return. Your, your garden is all the plants are dead and dried up, the weeds are flourishing, and it hurts to even go in there because those weeds have thorns. And- yeah, and I, I would add, add quickly, that can be like yeah. family gardens, other people's gardens, like your relationships, but also like your boss's gardens, yeah. or like something else, like you just care about, you're just like living your life based on what other people think of you. I'm so obsessed with everyone else's needs that I've forgotten myself. That causes you to be exhausted. It is, I mean, to the point where you're like, I I can't go on. I cannot do another day like this. And so giving yourself that, that time means more sleep, Um, giving yourself 30 minutes twice a day, or, or even five minutes twice a day to just stop and breathe and focus on yourself and really center can, can have a, an extremely rejuvenating effect. So yeah, take a nap or something like that, you know? Yeah, there, there's nothing. Okay, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm in my mid-30s, but dude, I take naps like a grandpa every day that I can. I lay down and I can fall asleep within like two minutes. And then I'm up 25 minutes later and I'm like, I'm good. I'm good the rest of the day. I, I don't get as angry at my kids. I'm able to focus on, on what tasks I have ahead of me because I'm not just walking through tar. You know, it's, Amen. life Amen. just gets so much easier when you take care of yourself. And, and that's that other aspect is self-care. My self-care, I talked about running. Uh, I, I have my day one products that I, I reach out to people. I offer them shirts. I, I get creative with, with logos and stuff. I do things that are, <laughs> that are fun for me. Now, self-care is not taking care of other people's needs. Like, oh, I have this thing I need to get done for this person. If I get that done, I'll feel better. No, that's not self-care. That, that is, again, tending to another person's garden. Self-care is saying, and it isn't even like, I'm going to go take a bubble bath. That can be relaxing. But while you're sitting there, are you just sitting and thinking about everything that you need to be getting yeah. done and having an anxiety attack? So yeah. maybe it is, maybe a bubble bath works for you. But for a lot of people, they're like, no, that doesn't relax me. It just makes me feel like I'm wasting my day. <laughs> so self-care is find that thing that is going to help you feel productive, but you enjoy doing. There needs to be enjoyment to it. Otherwise, you're just working and going to tire yourself out more. But there's rejuvenation in enjoying what you are doing. Definitely, definitely. And I would add like <clears throat> with tiredness, right? You're kind of talking about a tiredness that builds up, but there can just be like the daily tiredness, you know, from maybe not getting enough sleep or whatever. And in those moments for myself, I see myself rather than just resting, breathing or taking a nap or going to sleep. Like that's what I do when I am successful. 
Um, but I often am tempted to go to stimulus, right? Whether it's food stimulus or entertainment stimulus, something like that, because that'll kind of wake me up a little bit. And then I just spiral and get into my animal brain, you know? Uh, so rest instead of stimulus when, you know, those daily tired times come up. I love that. Rest instead of stimulus. Write that one down, guys. That's a, that's a good <laughs> one. Cool. Okay. Real quick. Uh, now, if you listen to Maurice's episode, he went through the, uh, the, the levels uh, real really in depth and it was it was amazing so if you want to understand the the chemical levels that we go through um definitely check that out i'm going to break down just a a quick little description that that we have here that's a good way to visualize what your levels are so we we have levels one through five and and as we know you know five is where you basically say i give up forget it i i can't do it anymore and i quit um but let's start from level, level zero uh a level zero is you are completely at peace. And, and we're going to apply this, and I think it's appropriate with what's going on in Ukraine right now. We're going to apply this to war, okay? Um, so level zero is all about peace. You know, you're walking out green fields, rolling hills, blue skies, butterflies around you. It is just picturesque. It's beautiful. When you are at that level of peace, that is a level zero. That is beautiful. Then you have the level one. That is like hearing a gunshot off in the distance. And I was like, what was that? Huh? And you, and your brain starts thinking and all of a sudden something's not right. Like there's a little bit of tension or anxiety starting to build up. Level two is um, all of a sudden there are troops on the ground and you've been told, okay, it's time to fight. You, you're being called up. So you are now in what's called an emotional battle, which means you are physically in the fight. You're not watching from the sidelines. You are one of the troops. Level three is uh, that battle has gotten from shooting across a field to hand-to-hand -hand combat. Um, this, is, this is starting to fight for your life. You're not sure whether you're going to make it out of this one, but you're giving it everything that you've got. Level four, uh, basically your weapon's down, you're in front of a firing squad, and there's really almost no escape from, from this, type of, uh, this type of a level. Facing the enemy unarmed is a terrifying place to be. And that's why it's so easy to go from there to level five, which is um, you surrender, you're taken prisoner, or you're just, you're done. You've given up and you've lost that battle. Yeah. And if you haven't listened to that episode with you with Maurice on chemical scale, definitely go listen to that. Uh, if you have, haven't, it, you know, maybe kind of confusing to hear like, what does all this at war stuff mean? But like, like you said, level zero, you're feeling good. Level one, something's a little off. Level two, that's when you have, you know, little emotional mood, you know, struggles. Level three is when kind of the temptation starts coming into your mind and you're like, hey, I could do this. You know, level four then is when you're, you know, battling with yourself in, in your brain and discussing it with yourself. Um, so that's just kind of a quick summary. And then the five is, is giving up. All right, let's jump into our last little part here just for like the next five minutes. Um, but, but we're going to do what's called a body scan. Now, when, when I was in college, um, I, I actually, I was a dance minor, which, you know, it might be a few people chuckling out there, but hey, I, I loved ballroom dance. It's how I met my wife. I will stand by, I will stand by that for the rest of my life. Dancing is an amazing activity. But I got I to it. do, I, because I was a dance minor, I had to do other classes like ballet, like yoga, like tap, like jazz, like hip hop. So I had to do all these things. These things gave me some really cool experiences. Though I was terrible at some of them, 
I got really cool experiences. And one of my most favorite ones was when I was doing some of these contemporary classes, we would have yoga Fridays. My teacher was, uh, her name was Sister Bone. And she was. Oh, I had her as well. Did you? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I actually danced. I, did, I, did, I do mostly hip hop and freestyle, but uh, okay. I did contemporary and jazz as well. Dude, that, that's amazing. I, so Sister Bone, I don't know why. She, she, loved her, she loves her guys in her classes, though. She's really hard on the girls and she's super nice to the guys, which uh, made it really good for me. But, you know, I wasn't flexible and stuff, but there's something about yoga Fridays with Sister Bone that um, she would turn out all the lights. She would walk around the room. She would turn on like uh, meditation type music and she walk around and she would essentially say, okay, we're going to start at your toes. And she would say, find your breathing rhythm, whatever that is, whatever's comfortable for you. Just make sure you never stop breathing. Don't change the rhythm. Don't accelerate it. Don't make it deeper. Don't make it less. Just find that relaxed rhythm. And then she'd say, okay, I want you to curl your toes. And for two breaths or for five seconds, just curl as hard as you can and then release. She's like, okay, now I want you to point your feet as hard as you can. Five seconds. One, two. And she, you know, she'd just be walking around the room talking through this and work, work the way up the body from the feet to the calves, to the quads, to the glutes, to the back, to the abs, to the hands, to the arms, to the shoulders, the neck. And you'd even scrunch up your face, you know, and, and you would, as you were doing each one of these, you were telling your brain to basically acknowledge where the tension was. Maybe your feet were really sore and you didn't even realize it. And so as you exhaled after that, you're allowing that body to release those toxins. And, and at this time, you're not sitting there thinking, what do I need to do tomorrow? What's my to-do list? I finally found some peace. Maybe I can get some stuff done. No, this is complete presence within yourself and nothing outside of yourself is allowed in. And that, that's why the lights were always turned off because you know, no stimulation of seeing things around you, not worrying about who's next to you, not worrying about what class comes next. It was just complete peace. And I, I yeah. loved that. But I think it also trains you. Like, I don't often get that much benefit when I do a body scan. Um, and I do it with, you know, with the Headspace app or the Calm app. But what it has helped me to do is to notice when something's off in my body as I'm going throughout my day. Yeah, sure. And because if I don't, and I don't address that, like, and, and my body is just reacting to something, right? It might not, it might be actually something physically off in my body, or it might be something happened that kind of put me feeling off a little bit. But because I've done those practices, I recognize that. And I can not always, but many times prevent myself from spiraling down and ignoring what's going on in my body, and then spiraling into that, you know, animal brain and, and then, uh, you know, to, to uh, a relapse or something like that. Yeah. Yes. Perfect. Um, so, so yeah, that, that step one is all about that, that relaxing and noticing, like you were just saying, what's going on in your body and, you know, recognizing that step two, this is where you, when you, when you discover a box that or a room that has something in it, um, you know, you ask yourself these questions. Um, is there anyone I need to forgive as, as we know, and as we practice, when, when we hold on to resentment or anger or things like that toward people, that actually does more damage to us than it does to them because we are constantly in a state of, of tension or anxiety or just 
I don't know if you get into those arguments in your head with people and you're like, I'm trying to win this <laughs> argument with you and darn, you're good at arguing back with me, but there's zero conversation actually happening. Yeah. <laughs> this for me is the whole, dude, you just need to forget them and or forgive them and move on. And when you're finally able to do that, to say, look, we're all imperfect people, um, whether their intentions were bad or not, my job is to allow you to work through your own process and just send you on your way and just say, I, I forgive you and enjoy your journey. I wish you the best of luck. And then to, to separate yourself from that, not, not go back to it later on down the road. Um, so asking yourself, is there anyone I need to forgive? Um, and then uh, number two is, is there anything I need to repent of? So have I done anything wrong? that needs to be taken care of. Yeah, no, for sure. And I, I would add on the, the forgiveness thing, like sometimes getting in your body, getting into your body through doing a body scan can help you see if you're overreacting to something that someone did, or if you're interpreting it in a way that they didn't mean for it to come across and, yeah. you know, forgive them, but also like be like, dang, I, I, I saw that incorrectly or, or, you know, I didn't give them the benefit of the doubt. Um, but yeah, and that's that's part of the repentance process. Then and that second question is like, um, you know, is there anyone I have wronged? Is That's the third question. Um, and you could have wronged them by, you know, judging them, judging their actions incorrectly or, Absolutely. you know, doing something as well to them. Yeah. And then, you know, if you have that wrong person, then then you got to be thinking, all right, is there someone I need to make amends to? And honestly, for me, I feel like this, this might be the most cathartic. Um, if you've ever watched children get in an argument and a fight and the entirety of the, of <laughs> all these, all these questions last about 10 seconds of like, I hate you. You're mean to me. And, and they're like, oh, I don't want to be your friend anymore. And they like turn around and shrug their shoulders and cross their arms. And the body language just said, it's just seething. And then you know, then all of a sudden they turn around and they go, but are we still going to do a sleepover? <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry that I yelled at you. Me too. And then they hug it out and it's like, whoa, okay. This was like a full journey in a matter of 60 seconds. Yeah, for adults that takes years, yeah. you know, <laughs> like, but like, that's why Jesus said becomes a child, you know, like they've got some magical powers to be able to do that. And it's like, we've got to tap into that, you know, as well. 100%, yeah. 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 And then sometimes like when you try to make amends, it can be rejected, right? Or it can be not accepted at the moment and maybe accepted later because they've had to work through, you know, some of the hurt that they had uh, if you wronged someone. Yeah. Okay. So we, we've talked a lot today, guys, and this has been an awesome episode. We, we talked um, all about our blast tool, bored, lazy, angry, uh, sad, stressed, tired, all those, all those things that we work through and then going through our body scans. Guys, all of this ends up rooting back into um, our brain chemistry and what's going on in our minds. Our job is to take care of ourselves in a way that will allow us to find a center and be able to control those spirals so, they don't, so we don't go from a level zero to a level five in a matter of minutes. Um, just, just yesterday, actually, I, uh, my, my, my wife needed some time. I was like, you know, I'll come get the kids from the park. 
Um, she had already made dinner and stuff. So it's not like she, you know, it was hard on me or anything. I was like, yeah, I'm totally good with this. She, she took my daughter to activity days and then she got to sit in the car for an hour and just have some time to herself to do whatever she wanted while I had my other kids at home and we did dinner and I got them ready for bed and everything. And I was totally fine. And then Mm -hmm. I walked into my kid's bedroom to do scripture study. And the mess was so bad that I went from, I went from zero to, are you freaking kidding me in a matter of seconds? And what I hadn't realized was that I was already actually at a, a level one or a level two that I just hadn't been able to acknowledge. I had had a long day at work. I had to be up super early. I was tired. I, I was outwardly feeling pretty good. But after that happened, she was like, do you, do you just need a minute? Like, are you okay? And I was like, I didn't realize how, how close to my breaking point I had been. I was feeling really good. And she was like, and then you looked at their room, huh? And I was like, yeah, yeah. And it it set me off. And um, it wasn't that I started screaming at him or, or really going against my values. I just, I all of a sudden had zero patience and like, I wanted to just like start crying, like in frustration. I was like, I work so hard, you know, just, just my yeah. mind started going through that whole conversation. So by, by being able to do a body scan and getting, getting practiced at this, you will allow yourself to notice, okay, I need to step away for just a second and I need to center. And then I can come back to this and that's totally fine. And that will make you more productive. It will make you closer to your heavenly father, closer to the people around you and closer to yourself. And that is the goal here, guys, that you find peace within yourself of who you are, because who you are is amazing and who you are and the efforts that you're putting forward is what we need in this world. So keep on trying, keep on fighting with that. Let's go. uh, If you have any uh, closing words there, Chase. No, man, I, I, uh, I've, I've loved it. It's been fun and it's been valuable. Like I've got stuff out of this, but I think we, we have some real gems in here that would be great to share with your friends. Cause, um, single married, where, wherever you are, like these tools, they work, uh, they help you to recognize what's going on in your life and your body and, and connect with your inner self and with God. We will catch you guys next week. And thank you again for joining us. This has been Recovering You with Cameron and Chase.